Thabiso Musiya on SAFM. So I caught up with the former captain of the Spa Proteas netball team who retired in 2015, uh, Zanelem Todan. And I began just by asking her what does she make of this talk uh, that's been going on uh, here in the country? Well, Thabiso, black lives do matter. That's what it is. You know, we, we, we haven't been brave enough to say that. We haven't been uh, uh, confident enough to say that out loud. We might have known it internally, but I think um, this is the perfect time for just the truth to be spoken and some reconciliation, you know, just to start happening. And it's taken the sporting world by storm. And, you know, I believe that, you know, if, if you have a wound and you just keep putting, putting a plaster over it, keep putting a plaster, it doesn't heal. You know, you need to open it up and do let it get the air that it needs to get, put the disinfected, whatever. But we need healing. And this is where we start. We started the conversations. We started being vocal and saying Black Lives Matter. Just recognize that. That's all we're asking. Recognize that and allow us and give us the platform and, and, the, uh, and the space to be free enough to say it. We're not expecting anyone to say, um, no, they don't, or why are you saying this now? Don't ask questions. Just let, allow us, give us the freedom and the opportunity to speak our truth. Mm. And then I think we can start moving forward, you know, with the healing and the growth and the unity. You know, um, there's a lot happening, and I can take it from a cricket perspective as well, with all the, the athletes coming out and speaking, and I mean, sad stories, painful stories. I mean, I'm a former player of sport, and I listen to some of these things, and I'm like, oh, my goodness. But the courage that they have now to speak is the most important thing, because we cannot have our kids and their children going through the same oppression and pain and never having the voice or, or, or having the opportunity to say, this is what's going on. And hopefully they won't have to go through that because it ends. Yeah, this is where it's going to end. So I can go on all day about this, but I'm just proud of the, the courage that sportsmen and sportswomen have, 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 um, have shown. And, and, I, and, I, and I'm ready to walk the process and walk the journey of healing and l- literally allowing myself to say, okay, I forgive and we can move on. Mm. But you have to give us that time to do that. As somebody who's been in the national team, I mean, can you identify with some of the stories that these different sports people are sharing? Absolutely. Absolutely. From a, from a young age. From a young age. And, and what this has done, it's made me really dig deep, think back, look back. You know, I've, I've been having conversations with teammates of my former teammates of mine, with very good friends of mine who are in the netball circle. And we've been sharing and, you know, tear-jerking stuff. And, like, one said to me yesterday, I remember we were in this country and we were playing and this happened on court. We were having a training session before a match that evening and this is what the coach said to me. And I was like, did she say that for real? And this is an old person. It's years down the line, but you can still see the impact that has on her. Mm. You know, and how she just feels so free now to be able to say that, goodness, Anela, this happened to me. And remember, and this particular incident, is this was my roommate. And she, 
she didn't at that time share it with me, say it to me. Mm. But now she's got the courage and the confidence to say, this is what happened to me. You mm. know, so, yeah, oh, it's, it's, it's heavy. It's heavy. But we are willing to go through the heaviness, you know, to go through, talk it through, walk through it, and recover. And recover. And, you know, it's like um, I'm making a simple example with, with being on this whole gender-based violence, you know, mm. saying, you know, women are being killed, women are being killed, girls, you know, um, by men. We've been saying that. It's then someone, someone who comes out and says, no, 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 no. But women are also killing men. Are you listening to what we're saying? Do you see what the point is now? Let's deal with that. Mm. We, will, uh, we will address your issue, but now this is the issue that we are dealing with and facing. Mm. So don't try and divert and add other things to this. Take it for what it is. Listen, internalize it, put yourself in my shoes, in the other person's shoes, and just take a deep breath and allow the person to get and find their own healing. Finally, I remember during the World Cup last year, you were, you were not happy with some of the selections and, and the numbers mm. on court. I mean, what exactly were you not happy about? And do you think things have changed over the years? Listen, Tabiso, I come from a school, I mean, I come from 2009, give you a simple example, 2009, we were the Eastern, we were the national championships, I was playing for Eastern Province at that time, we hosted the champs in Port Elizabeth, we won the A section, the B section, the C section, and in the A section, we took all the top awards. Now, our team in the Eastern Province was made up of more black players than white players. I'm giving you a simple, simple, simple example. Mm. On court, we were 5-2 the other way around. You had five black players and two white players, and we beat everybody. Mm. That's in 2009. Those top awards in 2009 were taken by all black girls. It was myself, it was Dunsani Chaude, and Mampotukit. No, no, it's and they're all Eastern Province players. Now, you can't tell me in 2019, we're playing a World Cup and we play 6-1 on court. Mm. 6-1 on court. We play 6-1 on court against an African team. There's no way we would have lost that game, even if all four of those black players that were a part of the small protest were in that game. Mm. And I've been in teams where coaches have played 6-1 and they were called immediately. Before, the, the, before we even left the arena, the, the calls from upstairs were coming in. How can you play these numbers? At least it must be 5-2. But we can go on international stage and, and nothing. And that was left. It was allowed. It was allowed. Hmm. In 2019. In 2023, we've got the Naples World Cup in Cape Town. I've asked this question, what is the face, what will, what will be the face of Naples, South Africa in 2023? Mm. In our own country. In our own country. I mean, we were having this conversation with friends of mine, that, like, oh, see, you. we said, Zala, do you remember when we were in the team? We earned the respect of our teammates. Mm. We didn't want, we didn't go to trials and check how many black faces are here? Mm, seven. How many are needed? At minimum five. Okay. 
So I still stand a chance. You went there, you made sure you showed up, you played yourself second in trial, you made sure if there's a fitness test, you are in the leading bunch because you didn't want to get into the team because of the color of your skin and that the numbers must look right. That's why when one of us is, or two of us or three of us or five, four of us are on court, nobody's asking any questions because they know we want to be there. We deserve to be there. That's, that's what we want to instill in our players now is that don't wait to say there needs to be my numbers must balance. We want, to, we want black players to be in that team and flip and shine and fly the flag high. So those are the views of a former SA netball captain, Uzanele Mdota, and just giving us a little bit of insight into the challenges and the dynamics that they also face as netball players that some that they are still facing. I remember last year at the World Cup, she was not shy to tweet to say, "I'm not happy with this selection. It can't be that the makeup of this uh, of this protest team at a World Cup looks like this. It does not represent the demographics of the country, and it also looks like some of the best players are being left on the bench here. And I think this could also be a wider and a bigger uh, conversation here, folks, because you might remember a couple of weeks ago we spoke to. Netball SA, or maybe two months ago, we spoke to Netball SA president uh, Cecilia Mulokwane, who had to come and clear the confusion regarding the selection of the TNL teams, the Telcom Netball League teams, because she rejected some of the teams uh, because they just did not represent the demographics of the districts that they were coming from. And she was saying, not under her watch. She will not let that happen. And a lot was said on social media. And she came on air to clarify this to say that, no, I rejected these teams because they just did not represent the makeup of what they of, of where they are coming from and they must go back and they must do better because they know our transformation policies as netball south africa and if they do better and pick a balanced team then they can come and play in the telecom netball league so looks like a lot is going to happen over the next few weeks a lot of people are going to uh, speak and i think it's important that we have uh, these conversations here and and, and 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 we share the experience and we understand the experiences of our form, former sporting staff so that we can try and find a way to fix it going forward it can't be that a Makayantini will will go on national TV and talk about how he was mistreated in the protest at a national team. And then those people that he refers to or that he names live on TV, they don't, they, they don't even bother to respond. They just ignore it. They think just by taking the knee, that's enough. We'll take a knee and everybody will forget. Nah, folks, people are not going to forget now because these are people's livelihoods that we're talking about here. Uh, we've got a voice note. Let's, let's play that voice note. You know, uh, it's so sad with us, black people. You know, if this is violence, it should be dealt clearly with the way violence should be dealt with. Same as, you know, apartheid and all those things. I don't want to go there. But then, if we start saying we must talk, this talk-talk business doesn't work. We must act now. Thank you very much. Okay, thanks for that. I understand your frustrations. I understand um, 
the emotions are obviously high, especially after what we've just heard from Uzanelem Todana. But as I've constantly stated on the show, I don't think violence is the answer. I just think we need to have this communication. We need to have these conversations. We need to we need to make people understand and accept the wrongdoings of the past. And we try and we correct them. That's the only way we can try and fix this. That's my belief anyway. I know some people will say, but why would you ever put a tipenar on air? We can't just banish put a tipenar now and act like he does not exist or act like he's a non-entity. We have to educate him about black lives matter so that he can also go and educate those ones next to him and i think that's why we have to use our platforms responsibly uh, like a radio platform here we have to use them responsibly folks i don't think violence is the answer but i can understand that emotions are very high right now because this touched a lot of us i mean i was broken when i heard what makayantini had had to say last week i I still can't get over that and and we're still going to do a whole show about that but right now i also just want to come down before we discuss exactly what makaya had to say but we're going to move on